I eventually had a couple clients on the side and I was like, could I do this? I don't know, but I'm gonna try. You know, misconception would be that when I'm asking you as a white person to engage in dialogue about race, that I am in the same breath calling you racist. My if any of my friends are not following you by the end of the week, I am unfollowing them. I'm done. Oh, no. I, I said it. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome back to Burn the Ships, the podcast for dreamers who want to live more courageously and have more fun doing it. I'm Jordan Nations, and today I'm interviewing my friend, Danielle Koch. Danielle is a creative here in Atlanta who left her safe job behind this year to start her own company and has been killing it. Seriously, I see her art shared on Instagram at least once a day by somebody and end up sharing it all the time myself just because I'm struck by her creativity and her mission and how they pair together. You're going to love hearing Danielle's unique perspective on life and courage, living your dreams, racial justice, and staying joyful in our crazy world. One more thing before we get into it. If you find this conversation insightful or entertaining or impactful for you in any way, would you be willing to share it with your friends or subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts? The first big goal for Burn the Ships, if you have not heard, is to get this listed on Apple's new and noteworthy page. Because I think it'd be awesome and hilarious to get this little podcast that I'm recording right now in my closet listed right next to the big names like NPR and Slate and Gimlet. And I need your help to do it. So... Yes, it is a little needy and probably a lot annoying, but I hope you'll help us get there because I really believe in the power of this conversation about courage. All right, here's my interview with the very fun, very smart, and very inspiring Danielle Koch. Welcome back to Burn the Ships. I'm excited to have my friend Danielle Koch on the podcast today. Danielle, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited. Um, thank you so much for having me and even asking me to do this. Like who Come on, you! <laughs> I feel like you, you, um, people are going to hear it today, but you really exemplify it from from my perspective. This whole burn the ship mentality um, it, of just like the little bit that I know. <laughs> and uh, honestly, I was thinking about it earlier. I, I really think you and I have only like met once or twice. Mm-hmm. Probably twice. I know we well, worked in a vet before together. We worked in the, it was like a five k. Yes, right? yes. I, that might have been the first time you met. I think so. I was trying to, I was trying to remember. I feel like I, I, this may be creepy to say, I feel like I know you. Like when I was thinking about people for this podcast, I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, my friend Danielle. And then I was like, wait, I actually only think I've been with her once or twice. <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> but we're friends. We're friends now. <laughs> um, you are a lot of things. If you just give people a quick 30 second intro for people that uh, don't know you, okay. who are you? What do you do? Um, yeah. Tell us about you. Great. Okay. My name is Danielle. I am 24 years old. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, but moved to a little suburb in Georgia when I was like eight. I've been here ever since. Um, I love a lot of things. I love creating. I love making music. I love to read, but don't do it as much. Um, and I also love digital marketing, graphic design. Um, that's what I do for a living now. I have my own business doing that. And I also like to illustrate. It was a little side hustle thing that has now become a much bigger thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of who I am, what I do. And um, a lot of people really enjoy knowing this piece of information. So I will share that I'm an Enneagram 7. Okay. If that changes anything about the way you feel, then there you go. But um, a that's lot of people it. like to know that. Um, yeah. I think I hit a lot of things. Yeah, that's great. You, um, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but yes. you kind of stepped out on a limb this year. Oh, yes. To start this whole social media strategy, graphic design. I, I don't know what you call it. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you started your own company, really, right? Yes. What a journey that was. So um, I have always thought that I was going to do this one set thing my whole life. I've never been that type of person like in college to change majors or to just not know. I always knew from the beginning that I wanted to do hospitality and I wanted to be an event planner. I was just like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so I studied hospitality all through college, graduated college, started working at an events company. I was like, yep, this is it. And then I started to learn about myself and realize, hmm, I'm not that detail oriented. Um, this event side of things can be a bit exhausting for me, even though I'm an extrovert. And I was just like, hmm, is this, is this what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I've always on the side have always dabbled in design and drawing and creating things. And um, at, at the events company that I worked at, I did a lot of marketing there. And that's when I started to really fall in love with marketing in and of itself and design. And I was like, whoa, is this what I should do? So um, on the side, I would dabble in a couple of projects. People would ask, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, we'll see. I'll try. And I loved, loved, loved it. And I eventually had a couple clients on the side and I was like, could I do this? I don't know, but I'm going to try. Um, so I just had to have a moment where I was like, either you're going to believe in yourself and take this leap or you're going to spend another couple of years wondering what would have happened if I would have tried that thing out. So I was like, I'm young. I might as well give it a try. And if it doesn't work, I can live with my parents and that's fine. Yeah. And I still live with my parents. <laughs> that's so good. But you, you, yeah. you, I mean, and the, the fact that you stepped out like that is courageous. I, it's, most people are not willing to do that thing and chase that mm -hmm. thing. And it seems like it's blowing up, right? Yes. I was shook. I mean, um, it's crazy. Why what, what, you, you're, I see your Instagrams everywhere. Um, and I think I went on your website and you said you were kind of like booked up, right? Yes. So I, the day I launched, I was completely not expecting all of my friends and family to just blast this thing. Cause I was working behind the scenes on this for months and I was keeping it really quiet because I just wanted to work. Um, and so when it launched and everyone was like, wow, everybody check this out. I was blown away. And I really owe a lot of my initial success to my friends and family who just believed in me so, so much and were just willing to spread the word. And yeah, my, uh, my business eventually really grew like from January to February, I, I made five figures. Let's <laughs> go on something you just started. I just started it. You just started it. It's crazy. It's crazy. I You're rich, rich. Come on. I, listen, we'll see. <laughs> Miss Rona is coming for everybody right now. We'll uh -huh. see. <laughs> That's true. Rona but, is um, yeah, taking it's, names. It's insane. And as a small business, it's, it's always a little bit worrying, but given the industry that I'm in, um, I've seen a lot more people being willing to invest in social media and design and marketing. So um, that's been exciting, but it's also really challenging for a lot of people. And I totally recognize that. So I'm just really grateful for the season that I'm in. And I want to I mean, you did something that is, I mean, it's incredible. Most people start something and they just grind at it for so long before it really takes off. Yes. And then one day something happens and it goes or they make the right hire or the right move or whatever. Yes. Do you feel like this just happened for you or uh, were there years where you were developing this um, and grinding it out? It just wasn't seen. And then like now you made the right decision with it. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so ever since I was little, I was always trying to be somebody's entrepreneur. Like I was always trying to do something. Um, when I was living in New York, um, I would ring nor my neighbor's doorbells and say, Hey, can I rake your leaves? And then they'll give me a couple dollars and I would design little business cards for babysitting. And I do all these things. Um, in high school, I started to take it a little bit more seriously. And I was um, illustrating for people and I called it Danny Doodle and I would draw a little candy. Danny Doodle. That's great. What kind of name is that? But I would, I would draw for people and they'd give me some money here and there, but like, I wasn't super consistent with it, which happens. People start something and consistency comes and goes. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always had this itch. Like I want to do this for myself. I want to do this for myself. It'd be such a fun life. Um, so yeah, through all those trying and failing at a whole bunch of different things, I eventually reached this point where I'm like, okay, I like social media. I like design. I like illustration. How can I put it all together and live the kind of life that I've always wanted to live? Yeah. And you're doing it. Oh, that's so exciting to me. I love that. Uh, that, that just like gets me amped that you just had this dream and you were like, no, we're doing this thing yeah. and I don't care. I don't care if I lose everything I'm going for it. And the, yeah. and the fact that it's working out is so cool. I, I love that. Um, something I love I, every time I research for one of these podcasts, I just dig deep into people's Instagram. I found that's the best research ever. Uh-oh. Uh, so like we had Nigel on and Nigel was talking about how, uh, he went to Marshall and I brought up that he was actually Mr. Marshall uh, Marshall, because <laughs> <laughs> I found these old photos of him as Mr. Marshall. So uh, obviously I went to your Instagram and I love your Instagram. People have not seen your Instagram. They need to get what's your handle. Oh, happy Danny. Oh, happy. That is like so you. That's so seven. I love that. Um, no, your Instagram is incredible. I share it all the time to my story because oh, you do these really cool graphics and your bio has three words in it. Yes. And they have these little emojis between them. Uh, the three words are theology, justice, and optimism. Mm-hmm. Let's let's walk through this. You could have picked any three words. Why theology, justice, optimism? Let's dig into each for a second. Yes, of course. Okay, so before I can really dive into those three words, I probably should mention the line before that that says, um, for the love of God and neighbor. And um, I, my favorite verse of all time is Luke 10, 27. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And um, I know you're familiar with the phrase, like, for queen and country. It's a lot similar to, like, the whole burn the ships idea, but, like, you yeah. know, it's not the same thing at all. But um, for um, for queen and country, you know, back in the day, the armed forces, when going into battle, that's something that they would chant. And it's basically them saying, I am willing to die for my queen and for this country. And um, I had a boss before Audrey. You know Audrey. Shout out oh, to yeah. Audrey. Love Shout that. out. Come on. Love that girl. Um, but she had um, a motto for her life. And she said that her motto was um, spark justice. No, spark creativity and seek justice. Something similar to that. I'm sorry if I messed it up, Audrey. <laughs> but um, it really got me Don't thinking. Don't sue us, Audrey. Yeah, sorry, girl. Let us know. Let us know what it actually is. <laughs> Um, but it got me thinking, what would be the motto of my life? And I thought about that for, I want to live my life loving God and loving my neighbor and showing other people how to love God and love their neighbor. And so out of that came the whole, 
Well, to love God with my mind would be digging deeper into his word and figuring out what he is teaching us and really engaging my mind with scripture. Um, And so theology became a really big part of my life in an attempt to love God with all of my mind. And justice really sparked from wanting to love my neighbor as myself. Um, So those kinds of, those things kind of were a natural flow from me seeking this new motto for my life. And it kind of has just blossomed in that way. Um, So I really try to focus, keep my eyes fixed on that, on that greatest commandment. And out of that flows everything else. And then optimism. I'm just naturally a positive person, sometimes to a fault. Sometimes I avoid the negative, but overall, I try my best to live life with a sense of optimism, Um, looking out on the bright side of things and just being as positive as possible because every day we take in so much negativity and it's easy to get lost in it, especially now. Um, But if I have a platform and if I have a voice, why not use it for good and to Mm. encourage people to look up, look on the bright side of things? So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's beautiful. The, the, it feels so purposed. Like, you know, this is my mission. I I know what I'm doing. And not only do I know my mission, I know like the three avenues that I'm doing that by. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really special. A lot of people don't have that sort of direction um, and know, maybe they don't know the mission, but a lot of people definitely don't know how they accomplish it. Right. Yes, exactly. And I think it definitely didn't come overnight. I definitely wasn't just like, bam, here's my life's mission. It was just bam. kind of, yeah. It's going, exactly. bam, yes. I'm ready. Um, it was mostly through a collection of life experiences and things that I've gone through that made certain things more important to me than other things. Um, and there's just a big part of my story that caused me to really focus on theology and take it um, and make it something super important to me is because of growing up in a, I grew up in a series of church environments that were not the most healthy. Um, And I walked through a season of spiritual abuse and um, it took so much for me to come out of that season. And um, I really credit it to God really opening my eyes to the truth of his word. And I grew up thinking I had to work for my salvation. I had to wear certain things, say certain things, do certain things for God to accept me and fully love me. And um, one day I was like, this is not filling my soul. I still feel empty doing all of these things. What am I missing? I opened my Bible and I said, I know this is not like the best way to to read the Bible and I don't do this anymore. But in that moment, I was like, God, just show me what I need to see. Like speak to me in this moment because what I'm currently believing is not the fullness of who you are. And I want to know who that is. And um, I started reading Romans and my life changed because I learned about mercy. I learned about grace. I learned about the freedom that comes in all of that. And it completely transformed the trajectory of my life. And I owe so much of where I am today to God revealing himself to me in that moment for who he truly is through his word. Hmm. So I guess I'm saying that to say these revelations of our purpose don't just happen overnight we look back to our life experiences and see how they have shaped who we are today. And that is kind of how we can connect the dots and say, oh, I'm passionate about this because this happened to me. So I'm going to move towards this greater purpose for us in my life because of that. Yeah. Yeah. What is, um, 
seems like most people who really have a mission of some sort or people who have a lot of joy also have this story behind them of a lot of hurt. Yes. You know, like people, a lot of people aren't, you're not born the happiest person, but, or the most mission minded person, but you walk through, uh, some stuff and you end Mm -hmm. up on the other side Mm -hmm. having joy where I, I think natural logic for me would say, if you walk through hard stuff, you become a dark soul and like, you know, sad person. Yeah. What is that? Why does that happen that way? Yeah. Why, why, why is that the total opposite of uh, what it seems like it should be? That's very interesting. And it's something that I've thought about as I've come in contact with just the kindest people. Um, I've heard it said that um, our biggest struggles uh, break us. And it's in that brokenness that we realize the way I'm feeling, I don't want anyone to ever feel that way because of me. I don't want anyone to ever wallow in this sense of brokenness or hurt or shame because of something that I did. So I'm going to live my life to make sure nobody feels this way because of me as Mm -hmm. much as possible. You know, we're always going to hurt each other. We're human, human nature. But I feel like it's those hard experiences that break us. And it's in that brokenness that we're like, whoo, as I heal and come out of this, I'm going to do my best to shine as brightly as possible. So other people know that they don't have to sit in this way and feel, feel this way. And I'm not going to make anybody feel this way as much as I can help it. I think that's at least what happened to me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that's a big part of it. Just not wanting anyone to feel that brokenness. Yeah, that's so good that you want to help other people turn around and help other people to, yeah, to not feel that same thing. Yeah. It's so good. I I think so many people, they get their strengths from a weak time or from Mm -hmm. a vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, like, I love people. I'm a mega extrovert. It's crazy. Um, (laughs) I get so energized by people. No way. Yeah, come on. Crazy. What? Um. But I went through a series of years growing up where I had like no friends Mm. and I was super quiet and I didn't say almost anything at all to anyone. And now I think walking out of that, I know how to see that person in the room and I know Mm. how much like I want them to be a part of something and be included and to make a connection and whatever. And if I didn't have that time, I don't, I don't think I would ever be where I'm at now. And that's, just so true for a lot of people. We're getting into exactly. some counseling stuff. Let's move on. My my uh my tank for that is running low. <laughs> Let's go. I'm an Enneagram eight, so like I can do a little bit of that. Oh, okay. I know, I know, I got a little I eight wing. Uh-huh. It's over there. Look. A wing. <laughs> hit you with. I got a little seven wing. Um <laughs> it's funny, this is not an Enneagram podcast at all. It's, I think it's come up on every single one. Of course. Of course. Because that's what people talk about. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm a 10. My mom says I'm a 10. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10 out of 10. Perfect. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Most girls say I'm a one. My mom said a 10. So oh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. you didn't deserve that. Danny. I'm glad I got it. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk about I want to talk about this. You did a series of Instagram posts in February mm-hmm. that I loved. It was one of my favorite things. And it was this whole series for Black History Month on racial justice and awareness of some really real issues. And I was so impressed with how you kind of towed this line of being creative and compassionate, 
but also really instructive and honest with people. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, it was it was so good because it was really Thank safe you. for anybody to approach. But it was the truth, and I really think helped people start conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite one, I just pulled it up. I knew I knew I had it. Was <laughs> the microaggressive greeting cards? That yes. was. Tell me about tell me about how you got your ideas for these things. Maybe for that one specifically, and what kind of response did you get on that? Yeah. Okay. So that's funny. Um, that is actually one that I explained the process behind because people were so they're like, how'd you get there? Um, so I'm a very literal person when it comes to illustrating, I try to think of a way to make the concept as like tangible as possible for people. And like in a way where it connects to something that they already are fully like familiar with. So for example, with the greeting cards, you normally give somebody a greeting card when you're giving them a compliment. And so I thought, a fun twist on that would be to show these microaggressions that are said on a daily basis and put them on a greeting card. So people look at them and say, huh, maybe this isn't right. <laughs> the most thoughtful compliment I could give someone, you know? And so I think it had that effect on people because it took something that's familiar to them, twisted it and um, allowed them to see it from a different perspective. Yeah. And they're all things. I mean, they're all things that I've heard before. Um mm-hmm. You wrote uh, one said you're so articulate, which I feel like I've definitely heard. And um, mm-hmm. there's another one that says you're so pretty for a black girl mm-hmm. or know where are you really from? Yeah. Or is that all your real hair? And those kind of hit to the gut because yeah, they're real. I think everyone has heard them. Mm-hmm. What is um, and you did a whole nother one on this, but what does it mean to be an ally? I'm uh, Jordan Nations. I mm-hmm. am a Caucasian dude. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean for me, for people listening to be an ally and help fight against this kind of inequality and the systems that support it? Right. Okay. So what I would say to someone who wants to be an ally or wants to know more about how to do so is to first take a step back and look at themselves. Um, it's really easy to want to jump in and do something, but without fully being introspective and taking that minute to analyze like your own preconceived notions, your own belief system about the world, you might say the wrong thing or you might jump in too deep and make a mess of things on accident. So one thing I would say first and foremost is to look within and say, what are my stereotypes? What are the things that I need to dismantle in my mind when it comes to minorities, when it comes to diversity and inclusion? How can I reassess the way I look at the world um, through that lens? And I think once you take a moment to think about how the part that you play, you're a lot more equipped to take action because you're coming from a sense of, here's what I know and recognize about myself. So I could say that a common you know, misconception would be that when I'm asking you as a white person to engage in dialogue about race, that I am in the same breath calling you racist. Hmm. I think a lot of people feel this way. A lot of white people feel this way because the conversation can sometimes hit a little hard. And it's not because as a black person, I want to hit you over the head with this. It's because as a black person, I live this thing out every day. The concept of racial justice, equality, equity is ingrained in my day-to-day life 
because of, you know, the systems that are currently in place in America. So it's not something that I get to just open up in February and talk about and then close and put on a shelf and say, Mm -hmm. back to regular life. It is my life. Um, So I would say if you'd like to be an ally, first recognize that me asking you to engage in dialogue about race is not me calling you racist. It's me asking you first and foremost, before you can engage, I need you to recognize that you are privileged. And this one is also hard. Privileged? What? Oh, yeah. That's a hard one because not everybody grew up in the same, you know, uh, socioeconomic status. Not everybody is rich or, you know, not everyone has been afforded the same in life. But there's different kinds of privilege. And I think that's another thing that we need to recognize. Um, I could go on to that as well if you'd like, but I don't want to like keep rambling. <laughs> no, this is, I think this is great. And this is, yeah. this is absolute gold. And I, um, I have, I mean, everyone goes on a journey for this. And for me, uh, my journey of awareness is, has just been gradual. It's been through conversations over time and realizing. Yeah. And I think that's one that I was, I was big on probably when I was younger was I'm not privileged. I, I just came from this middle-class family. Like I was just, I I worked for this and Mm -hmm. saying I'm privileged doesn't mean I didn't work for something, but it does mean I had a leg up and I live in a society where as a white guy, like things are as tilted in my favor as possible. Mm. And it, it took me a long time to realize that because I wanted to take all this ownership for where I was at today. Yes. And you can't because there is, I, I can't ignore the fact that there is, um, but there are systems that push me ahead naturally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if, if I could have a listener walk away with one thing in regards to this conversation, it would be the fact that as a white person, you do have white privilege, but that does not mean that I'm calling you privilege in every aspect of life. And that does not also mean that me as a black woman does not have privilege in some areas as well. For example, what's going on right now um, with COVID-19. I made an illustration about this very recently. Um, Because of my business and my class in society, I currently have socioeconomic privilege in the sense that I am able to work from home. My business is not drastically affected. I have a house to live in. I have a bed to sleep in and I have food to eat. Socioeconomic privilege. So on the same side of things, for me to tell you as a white person that you have white privilege, it's saying that in the concept, in the, in the conversation of race, you have privilege in the sense that a lot of benefits are afforded to you simply because of the color of your skin. Um, and that can look like a lot of different things. It could look like um, pay in the workplace. It can look like systemically the benefits that you have as a citizen in America, it could look like a whole bunch of different things, but oh, it, yeah. white privilege is just one aspect of privilege. It is not privilege entirely. I yeah, hope that's good. No, that's a great distinction. That's a great distinction for people. Um, and, and for, we're going to talk uh, some about the things you put out for COVID too, because you've got a lot there as well. Oh yes. There's for a people lot that want to know more or that want to learn or engage in the conversation, what's, the best step? I mean, should they read something? Should they talk to somebody? Should they, what should they be doing? Mm-hmm. So um, 
This one is also a little tricky because as someone who's willing to engage in the conversation about race, I also walk the line of um, wanting to encourage people to do their own research and not always come to a person of color for resources. Um, So that's not what you're doing at all. And that's not what I'm saying you're doing. But what I'm saying is for someone who wants to go deeper, I would challenge them to not go to the nearest black person and say, help me, help me, help me. I would challenge them to, you know, hop on the internet a little bit, you know, it'll be a little tricky at first and feel a little awkward, but them questions that you don't want to go up to a black woman and ask, you can ask Google, like, a question about black hair, for example. Maybe you could Google, like, tell me about different hairstyles, Google. Tell me why uh, black women's hair does this versus this. Google's not going to slap you in the face and say, excuse me, that was rude. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we've got tons of resources at our fingertips. And I think um, doing your due diligence is a great first step. And it kind of eases the burden on the people of color in your life who feel like they're that person that always has to give you all this information because it can be exhausting and I can't always engage. So I love to point people to self-start and kind of take That's the good. Yeah. You know, what book helped me the most um, was why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? It's by Dr. Dr. Beverly Tatum. Have you read I that one? That book. I have not read oh, it. Oh man. So she was the president of Spelman college. Okay. And uh, just has this incredible research on racial identity development. Mm-hmm. and specifically for people of color. And she writes it in just this very well-researched way that is so, for me, oh, it just opened my eyes to so many realities that I wasn't aware of. And it, it was one of those books, you know, when you read a right book at a right time? Yeah. And, it, oh, it just, like, hit me at the right time. And, man, that was a great, that was one of the best things for me to just grow in awareness. Um, yeah. And I have I a long way to go, but that was yeah huge. That's awesome. I'd also recommend for um, a white person who wants to start from scratch with race, I would recommend the book, So You Want to Talk About Race. Okay. That is an incredible book. Um, It's also served as a resource for me to help frame the conversation of race with um, other people that I come in contact with. But it, from the beginning, she answers so many different questions like, why, why do people keep telling me I have privilege? And why can't I just touch someone's hair without permission? And it's like the question that you wouldn't want to ask out loud. She covers and answers. Um, she's sweet. And she's also pungent. Like she will yeah. let you know. But I think that's an excellent resource as, resource as well if you want to just start from scratch. That's so good. Let's talk, let's talk about um, COVID is obviously happening. How's the quarantine going for you? Are you doing okay? Yeah. So I make the joke that I have lived a life of isolation for a while now, being, a, <laughs> being an entrepreneur, living at home. So now I just am in the house more. Okay. Um, I miss the coffee shops, but what's your favorite coffee shop? Mm, so I don't actually drink coffee. Oh, you just like you miss the shop, not the coffee. The shop. I don't drink coffee. Um, there's this place down the street from my house called Boulder Creek Coffee. Okay. It is so cute. I love working there. Um, and I like the smell of coffee. Okay. But you don't drink it. I don't drink it. I like so hot your, chocolate. Your quarantine is is very similar to what you were living beforehand. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I am here. A turtle. A turtle. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> is it the turtle that got you? <laughs> I am. Wow. 
<laughs> the turtle got me. No. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the best way I could describe myself. And now we're back to burn the ships with Jordan Nations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the turtle. I'm a turtle. <laughs> Just a turtle. Just a little turtle over here. Self-awareness. In the shell. Bring it in. Me, 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 me. Okay. No, you've done you've done some work recently on um, supporting small business, educating people about social distancing. Mm-hmm. How do you decide which causes you're going to create something around? That's a great question. So um, when something happens, we all feel it differently. I feel certain things deeper than others. So I don't necessarily rank certain things as more important. Like this deserves art and this doesn't. But in different seasons, different things affect me. And um, I am very much um, multi-passionate. And I don't ever want to be boxed into like the race girl or the COVID girl. You know, things like that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, like my dad, he's a surgical technologist. He is a frontline essential worker and I live with him. Um, my cousin, who lives very near to me, um, she is an RN. She's a nurse and she works at Children's Healthcare. And um, she's very close to me as well. So things that directly affect them directly affect me. So I'm more likely to speak out basically based on proximity. But that's not always the case. That's just how that went. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answered that question. Yeah. It takes it, here's something I'm interested in. It takes a lot of courage in 2020 to be joyful. Just to mm-hmm. have joy, especially right now in this time we're living in, where it's mm-hmm. so unsure. Um, there's so many opinions everywhere in the news. Every day just makes it seem like the sky is falling down and we're all going to die, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it takes courage in the face of that to be joyful. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Because you're a joyful person. How do you How do you stay joyful and courageously, joyfully approach the day in this age that we're living in right now? Right. Um, that's a great question. I don't entirely know. Um, I do know that sometimes I wake up and I'm just super excited for the day. And sometimes I wake up and I'm like, mm, this is going to be hard. Um, but I know like it might sound cliche to people, but the joy of the Lord honestly is my strength. And I draw a lot of that natural enthusiasm just from the gratitude I have to be in relationship with Jesus. Um, it really fuels me and propels me every day. And just the fact that I, I'm very wide eyed, like I see the world in such a fresh, fresh way. And it's like my dad the other day built a little gazebo in our backyard just so I could have somewhere else to work. And I freaked out about it all day. I was happy from sunup to sundown. Yeah. I just sat out there and it's not that it was some super crazy thing, but it just brought me joy because, wow, he took this time to do this for me. And all these things are happening around me. But in this moment, I can sit here in this gazebo and be with myself and just be happy. And I feel every moment deeply. Yeah, that's so good to experience this. What the seemingly small moments deeply is, is hard to do yeah. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. To recognize the depth of something as simple as a gazebo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or a nice day outside. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know. I, I FaceTime my nephew. He's a year and a half old all the time. And he'll just scream across the room, calls me Jojo. He goes, Hey, Jojo. And it's such a small moment. And I've had some times when I've just been like, Hey man. And I've had other times where I like feel this depth, you know? Yeah. Like I am your uncle. 
Um, <laughs> you know, but feeling that joy and experiencing that joy or just the deep emotion in small moments is a superpower. I really believe that. Oh yeah. I can see that too. And I think we could all, I think we could all do more of that. What? And this is the whole premise of the show. The whole premise of the show is around courage. It's around risk. And you, I think, are courageous. You um, took this jump and started this company, which is so cool. You post your opinions on things and your yeah. artwork, which is courageous. And you risked it all. And it's paying off. And you, you're going in an awesome direction. And I think people can learn from that. What is courage? In 2020, how would you define courage? In 2020? Well, honestly and truly, in this season, in this age, I think courage can honestly look like waking up in the morning and deciding that you're going to do your absolute best that day. I think it's as simple as that, especially in the day that we're living in. Um, This is a little preview. I might do a piece about. productivity and the immense pressure that people currently feel to start a course or start a blog or jump out and do this brand new thing because now you've got the time. And it's important for people to acknowledge the fact that, hey, in this season, I might not be completely prepared to do that. I might not even be prepared to want to get out of my bed in the morning, but courage is saying, this is hard. I'm going to do my very best where I'm at right now no matter what that looks like. And um, I think it speaks volumes when people are willing to fight through this new day that we're living in and just decide, I'm going to give it my best shot. Yeah. I think that's courage in 2020. That's courage. Yeah. That's so good. I This has been so fun for me. I'm, I'm <laughs> having an awesome time. And uh, just... Yeah, I love watching and hearing about what you're doing and where you're going because I think you're courageous. I think that the thought of getting up every day and facing it uh, yeah. is so courageous and the things that you're doing. People need to be following you. If they're not following your Instagram, they need to be following your Instagram. What it, Tell us one more time. How do we reach you and what's, the, uh, what's your website? Follow at your own risk. Um, at your own <laughs> risk. <laughs> My if Instagram. any of my friends are not following you by the end of the week, I'm unfollowing them. I'm, I'm Oh no. I, I said it. I said Listen it. Up. Listen up, friends. Follow at Oh Happy Denny on Instagram. Okay. Um, okay. If you like to follow my business, that is at So Happy Social everywhere. And my website is so happy.social. That throws so people happy dot social. Yeah. People are like, where's the dot com? And I said it, it's dot social. There, there it is. That's a great URL. Yeah, I kind of lucked out with that one. But yeah, I'd love to connect with everybody. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, (laughs) Danielle, thank you so much for being here. This is so fun for me. I I love hearing about how you are being courageous, risking it, doing big things. And I think people have probably by now learned so much from you. We'll continue to. And just know I'm learning a ton from you. And I'm happy that this is our third time talking, but you really do seem like a great friend. So I, I, you have that about you. I don't know what it is. I don't. Hey, you are so awesome, Jordan. Thank you so much. This yeah. was really fun. Awesome. Let's talk a four fourth time sometime. Okay. We'll, we'll make that happen. Yeah. Maybe not recorded next time. <laughs> 
Danielle, thanks so much. Of course. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this interview with Danielle. Quick reminder that we are trying to get this conversation into more headphones every single week. So if you enjoyed it, please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, maybe share it with a friend, whatever you can do to help. The next episode is coming out next week. You do not want to miss it. Thank you so much for listening to Burn the Ships.